So a couple of weeks ago, we started talking about the Holy Spirit of God. And then last week, we began talking about, you know, those thoughts that go through your mind or maybe some kind of flutters that go through your body, right? And, And you're wondering, was that the Holy Spirit? Or was that just my coffee kicking in, right? So you're, you're not quite sure what you're supposed to feel or experience or sense or hear when the Lord is leading you or when God is, is guiding you. And the answer to this comes from an interesting conversation in, that we're in John 14 that comes in the context of John 13, where Jesus tells his apostles, I'm going away. And you can't follow me, and you can't go where I'm going. But then if you turn over to John chapter 15, you see in verse 5, the revelation that without me, you can do nothing. So, man, that leaves us in a really precarious spot. If, If you're going, and we can't go where you are, but we also can't do anything without you, what are we supposed to do? And the answer to that comes in actually John chapter 16. If you go to verse 7, here's the revelation. Nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And so John 14, that is sandwiched between that idea that Jesus is leaving and John 15, that you can't do anything without him, John 14 answers the question of, So what's the connection going to be? And the answer is the Holy Spirit of God. And John 14 gives us about six experiences that we have when we have the Holy Spirit of God within us. And I talked about the first three last week, and I'll roll through them really quickly. So when the Spirit is within you, he makes you more alert of God's work. You see God working around you. He makes you more apt to pray. And then he also makes you more accepting of God's love. So here's the next one that we see, and we see it reflected kind of back in verse 17, and then also from verses 18 all the way down to verse 24. And it's the idea that when the Holy Spirit of God is within you, you become more aware of God's presence, that he's with you. And so this idea comes with a little bit of a caveat that Jesus makes us aware of right here in verse 17. He says, even the spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus raises the idea that the spirit of God is in the world. He's working in his people and he's working in the world, but there's going to be a group of people who don't know him. They don't perceive him. They won't even sense him. He says the world can't receive him and it can't know him. And so we need to think about this, that first of all, the spirit of God cannot be detected scientifically. So we live in a world and and a pervasive thought uh, worldview in our culture is naturalism. And, And naturalism is the idea that all that is in the world is all that there is. If you can't touch it, taste it, handle it, sense it, if you can't test for it, if you can't prove it scientifically, then it's not there. Even things that we see pervasive in culture like religion or ideas. Richard Dawkins was a foremost thinker. I'm not really sure how much influence he has, but man, his ideas are are very much growing in our culture. 
that Richard Dawkins even said things you see going on in culture like religion and things like that. He called them cultural memes. They're just a product of even evolution within cultures of people. And, and so if you think something, if you sense something down at the end of it all, biologically, something in your body, we can account for even belief or prayer or anything like that scientifically. That's what naturalism would say. So, but, but Jesus is saying you can't detect the Spirit of God scientifically. So if you're waiting on some kind of empirical proof that the Holy Spirit of God is here, you're not going to get it. The world can't see him, can't perceive him, doesn't know him. There's no way you're going to figure it out like that. But I would also add to that that you will not receive the Spirit of God religiously because that's the way the world would do something. He says the world cannot receive this and Man, religion makes it easy. You, you put 10 or 12 things in front of you, you do these things, this is what God's going to do for you. It makes it real simple, makes it very controllable, right? And so religion is not even a way that you can receive the Holy Spirit of God. And so I would say this. I want you to take everything that you read on social media that people tell you that Christianity is or everything that your, your uncle who's been a deacon at a church for 20 years says, right, that it is. I want you to think all those ideas of what people tell you Christianity is, I want you to kind of frame them in your mind and catalog them for just a moment. And I want you to compare it to what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verses 18 through 24 of what the experience would be of people that know Christ. Wow. He says, man, I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you yet a little while. The world will see me no more, but you'll see me because I live. You'll also live. In that day, you'll know that I'm in the Father and the, you and me and I and you. He says, man, my people will begin to sense in themselves that I'm with the Father, that the Father is working, that I haven't left you orphans. That's an experience that he gives with his people and you won't get that through religion. So I want you to understand this. You can take Judeo-Christian values. We see that talked about politically. We see that talked about culturally. Judeo-Christian values. And if you have Judeo-Christian values, I would say that I have Judeo-Christian values. That makes you conservative, but it doesn't make you a Christian. Judeo-Christian values will make you conservative, but they don't make you a Christian. It's the Holy Spirit of God within a person that makes them what Christ has created them to be. I would also say this of a church. Man, our doctrine is really important. We are Baptistic in our beliefs here at Liberty Baptist Church. But guys, if all we have is a common set of doctrines, we are little more than a religion club. That's it. Our doctrine does not make us a church. It's the Holy Spirit of God that makes us his church. So understand this. Without the Holy Spirit of God, you may have conservatism. Without the Holy Spirit of God, you may have a religion club, but you do not have Christianity without the Holy Spirit of God. Take all those things your uncle said. Take all those things you read on social media, compare everything you thought Christianity would ought to be about 
and look at verses 18 through 24 and compare the two and tell me what you got. You may have religion, you may have conservatism, but I'm asking you, do you have the Holy Spirit of God within you? Because the connection that we have to a Christ who's not here and to a Christ who is still working is the Holy Spirit of God within his people. So why does that happen? Why is it then that people, some people get it and some people don't? Here's the explanation the Bible would give. We, when we are living in trespasses and sins, we are spiritually dead. You can still be spiritual, like people are spiritual, and that, man, there's lots of religions that like to pray. There's lots of spiritistic type things, a lot of mystical type things. We're interested in those things. I think there's something inside of every person that wants something that's, that's bigger than themselves. I'm not saying people can't be spiritual. We're always searching for something in there that makes life meaningful, aren't we? But the Bible tells us that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. And here's something really interesting. If you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 2 and you see the creation of man, you see that God formed man from the dust of the ground. And then the Bible says that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul. Now, that makes us very unique in that one, we are created as the images of God, but it also makes us very unique in that the Bible says that we have a body That's the biological part, so you are biological. But the Bible also says that he breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. And that word breath is the same word throughout Scripture that you see spirit. It's almost inseparable. It's a breath of God that's that's moving. It's the spirit of God. But man has a body, and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and gave him a spirit. And listen, that makes man a soul. A soul is a biological being with a spiritual nature. That makes us different than any other animal on the the planet, right? So God breathed into us and gave us that spiritual self, but when man sinned, in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. You see that Adam and Eve did not drop dead physically, the biological self, but the spiritual life died. You read Ephesians chapter 2, man, all you're left to do with that spiritual self that's there, but it's disconnected from God, is to be carried about by the whims of the world. The spirits of this age just kind of, they just kick you along. Richard Dawkins may call it cultural memes, but man, if you're a spiritual being with a spirit of, you know what's going on in the world. There's these influences and there's these powers, man, and people are just being pushed right off into hell because they don't have that connection to the Lord. So why is it? Look at this. Judas is scared, not, not as scary, but he asked the same question. Look at this. Judas, not as scary, said to him, Lord, how is it that you'll manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Why is it some people get it and some people don't? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. My father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. And whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine but the fathers who sent me. The problem is, Judas, is some people are spiritually alive and some people are not. And those that are, I will continue to speak to them. I will continue to lead them. I will have life in them and they will know me because the spirit of God is within them. 
So as you think about what your uncle said and you think about what you read on social media and you think about what's going on in the culture and what they call Christianity, but then you read those paragraphs right there. My question to you is this, what do you have? Do you have conservatism or do you have Christ in the Holy Spirit of God? Do you have religion Are you a church member? Hey, your membership will do no good when you stand before Jesus Christ. None. Thank you for joining. It won't work before the judgment seat of Christ. The only thing, listen, the Bible says that is your guarantee is the Holy Spirit of God. Do you have the Holy Spirit of God? So man, when the Holy Spirit of God is within you, you become the kind of human God always created you to be not just biological, but that spiritual part of you is alive and connects you to your creator. And he speaks to you and manifests himself to you. You will become aware of the presence of God when the Holy Spirit of God is within you. One of my favorite professors at Tennessee Temple when I was a student, Dr. Fred Affman, he would always say this. And and man, it it was such a great reflection. Think about in the Old Testament, God manifested himself like in the burning bush or the fire on the mountain or he was there in the temple. And then in the New Testament, we get, we get God in the flesh, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And then he descends up into heaven, right? But now we have the Spirit of God. And where is he? He's not in a burning bush. He's not just in a temple. You don't have to come here to, to be able to pray to him. He's not a body walking around in one place in one time. Man, we live in a unique age in which he says, if you will be born again, I will put my spirit within you. Man, you are the temple of God. And Dr. Fred Affman would say this, God has never been closer to his people than he is right now. Wow. And then he would say, every place the Christian's feet trods is holy ground. Because the Holy Spirit of God is within you. Wow. Jesus looked at one of the most intelligent men in the world, John chapter 3. His name is Nicodemus. And he said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You can't just be good. You got to be born again. And Nicodemus said, how can I be born when I am old? And Jesus says, man, how, if I tell you of heavenly things, how can you see? See, he didn't get it. And then Jesus makes a great statement. He says, that which is born of the flesh, that's the biological self, is flesh. And many of you biologically, you're alive. But he says, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's what makes you a living soul. That's when you become fully human again, when that spiritual self is alive. So here's my question. Not are you conservative, not are you a church member, but do you have the Holy Spirit of God? If you don't, you don't have Christianity. Is the Holy Spirit of God within you? You become more aware of God's presence. Verse 26, you become more able to apply Scripture. He says, verse 25, these things I've spoken to you, I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, And bring to your remembrance 
all that I have said to you. And I want to tell you, this is probably to me the most awesome experience of, of what it's like to be a Christian, to read the word of God and, and to hear God speak to you. So, so what is that like when he says, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I've said to you. That, that, that has two implications for us. One, it has implications for this book right here. He is telling them the Holy Spirit of God is going to preside over you guys, like the apostles. And he's, I'm going to bring, you're going to forget things. You're going to misremember things. But I'm going to preside over you and bring to your remembrance. I'm going to do a work within you, right? And I'm going to bring that stuff to your remembrance of all the things that I said to you. So that means we have full confidence in what's called the inspiration of Scripture. It means the Holy Spirit of God presided over imperfect men. And we can stand here confidently because God inspired the Scriptures, not man's thoughts, not man's opinions, not man's misinterpreted experiences, but because the Holy Spirit of God presided over this, we can open it and say confidently, this is the inspired, inerrant word of God. To disobey it is to disobey God. This is God's word. Inspiration. But it also speaks to what you and I experience, and that is illumination. That when we read the scripture, we're not left to our own thoughts, and we're not left to our own opinions, or this is what I think, or this is what I feel. But he brings you back to scripture. I'll bring back to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. I'll keep bringing you back to this, right? So that has implications for us. So how does the Holy Spirit of God speak when we're when we're in our time. Man, I hope you guys were here on Wednesday night and you heard something that Bob said that I thought was really, really good. He said, if you really want to know the Lord and spend time with him, you need to, you need to dedicate at least an hour a day to scripture reading and prayer. And that sounds like a whole lot, but I can give you by personal testimony, it makes a huge amount of difference. It makes a ton of difference. I get up earlier, I reserve that time, it's made all the difference in the world. So I want you to think about this. Some of, you read the verse of the day, right? Pops up on your phone. You're going to read that and you're going, you're going to go. Who in your life that you truly, truly love? Can you build a loving relationship with that person one sentence a day? Right? <laughs> now, some of y'all are looking at your husband going, yeah, that's about all I get out of you, right? It's about one sentence a day. Listen to him, right? Yeah, I think I'm up to like 10 or 12 a day, right, babe? I mean, that's about all, you know, men, right? But why don't you think about this? Man, God wants to give you more than the verse of the day. He wants to meet with you. And so you sit there, man, and you're reading Scripture, and you're asking the Lord, Holy Spirit of God, speak to me through this. Bring to my mind, illuminate me. What, what is it? And, and here's what happens to me most of the time. Most of the time, I'm like Philip. I overthink it. I need you to speak. I need, and God's going, I am. Did you read that verse right there? Right? Hey, don't, you know, there it is right there. Don't overlook it. So Friday, I'm reading scripture. I'm in Jeremiah right now, and I'm going through there, and I'm reading it. I'm just kind of like, oh, Lee, I just, Lord, I don't get what, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and usually what happens is I'm guilty of wanting God to tell me something I've got to do. 
give me a grand vision. Give me an awesome idea. Show me the, the secret to success, right? That, that's what we want. We want every day to meet with the Lord and it be like, oh, right? That, that's what we're looking for, isn't it? But it's so mundane. And so I walked away from that just very frustrated. Okay, God, I prayed and I, read, I didn't see it today. And, and, and those of you that do this, you'll probably nod your head when I say this. Sometimes you don't get it in that hour, but you get it in another hour. It's like the Lord hit me later on and he's like, listen, man, I'm not as concerned about, or he's telling me, don't, don't you be concerned about what you need to do for me. You don't need any more great ideas. You just need to be doing what you're doing. You don't need any more oh, moments like that, right? It's not as much about do as it is about be. I need you not to think about what that verse means for somebody else and maybe how you might make a video of it or make, use it in a sermon. I need you to think about what, that, what you read today is God's word to you. Listen. Don't overthink it. It's not the caffeine. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit of God speaking. And usually it's much more or much less mundane than, than you would think it would be. It's just, do that right there. Go through your day-to-day, right there. That's the Lord speaking. And I, I want to tell you, at least an hour a day makes all the difference in the world. And then look at this last thing he promises right here. When the Holy Spirit is within you, you'll be more aligned with God's peace. Look at verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away, and I'll come to you. If you love me, you will have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father, and the Father is greater than I. You'll be more aligned with God's peace. And this really goes into the whole thing of what he's, he says, my peace, not the world's peace. You can't get peace from the world like this. But man, when you're more alert of God at work, that, that you're not as worried about what you have to do today, but just to catch on to what God's doing around you, that brings peace. Every day is in his hands, not mine. Hey, God, let's, that's peace. You'd be more apt to pray. Man, you'll do greater things than these, and you'll ask the Father, and he'll do, and you ask in my name, I'll do anything that you ask of me in my name. You're more apt to pray because you see God at work. That brings peace. You become more accepting of God's love. He says, Man, I'll manifest myself to you, and, and I'll let you know that I love you. When you when listen, if you love me, you keep my commandments. Without the Holy Spirit of God, you'll never have victory over sin. Guilt does not motivate us to obedience. Guilt lets you know you've done, you've done wrong, but guilt will never keep you going. The only thing that'll, that'll give you victory over sin is the Holy Spirit of God within you, letting you know that Jesus loves you. He cares for you. I said it a couple of weeks ago. The demands of Christianity are too burdensome. And the experience of Christianity is too boring for you to stay with it without the Holy Spirit of God. There's no way. No way. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That'll bring you peace. You're seeing victory over sin in your life. You're more aware of God's presence. You go through the day. Man, you know you're walking on that holy ground because the Holy Spirit is within you. That'll bring you peace. You meet with the Lord over Scripture, and He speaks to you, and you speak to Him, and y'all talked about that. That'll bring you some peace. You become more aligned 
with God's peace. Myra, can I tell them about what you said last night? Now, I know whenever, if y'all know Myra, when you said that, you're like, oh, I can't wait for this, man. You know, <laughs> usually when we hear a Myra story, it's going to be a doozy, isn't it, man? Just, just love her and just her spirit and everything. But, but y'all, Myra lost a son this week. And she's had a really hard week. And so I called her earlier in the week. Last night I called her to, to check on her, and we were just talking about that. And, and Myra said, hey, just, it's been a hard week, been a lot of ups and downs. I think everybody in the room can identify what, you're, what you feel right now. And then she said this. She said, Brian, I don't know how people do it who don't know the Lord. And she talked about how the Lord's strengthening her. And he said, yeah, she's sorrowful, yes. She's hurting. Yes, today is going to be a very hard day for her. You need to, to pray for her as they do the funeral today and all that. Today is going to be one of those kinds of days. But man, what she was expressing in all the stuff that's going on in this world, she's expressing that's not all that there is. Because the Lord is with me. And he's ministering to me. And he's helping me and he's strengthening me. The peace of Christ, the peace that only Christ can give through his Holy Spirit is what she has been experiencing. And so the question is this, do you have the Holy Spirit of God within you? Because if you don't, you're, you're missing what Jesus has promised you. All you have is legalism. All you have is conservatism. All you have is religion. And it'll make you a decent moral person. Listen to me, Liberty Baptist Church. If all we have is a doctrine, all this is is a club. The experience Jesus promised is that he would be with us through his spirit. I'm going where you cannot go, and you can't come with me. But without me, you can do nothing. So what's the connection in between? It's the Holy Spirit of God alive in you. Do you have his spirit? Would you bow your head and close your eyes on me for just a moment? April's going to come back. She's going to help us out in this invitation time. And, and she's going to do about a verse and a chorus. And then I'm going to pray over you before we're dismissed. And you go about your day. But this altar will be open. Maybe there's just things on your heart. Maybe you're sorrowful. I know Myra's not the only one that's lost a family member this week. Maybe you just want to come and lay it before the Lord and let him comfort your heart a little bit, get some people to pray with you. Maybe there's some things going on in your family that are unrelated to the sermon today. But I want to tell you, you can cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. He promised that to you. You come pray about those things. But if you're here this morning and you say, I don't have the Holy Spirit of God, where do I begin? I want to leave you with this. You begin with the prompting you do have because he says in John 16, verse 8, when he comes, he'll convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. He's only asking you one question. Do you, will you turn to Christ? Righteousness, because you'll see me no longer. You have a, a sense inside of you that you're not the standard of all things, that there's something bigger than you. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged, and you have a sense within you, it's not going to end well if you don't turn your life to Christ. That's the Holy Spirit of God.
And if you want to experience the rest of it, you need to obey that first prompting. That's called common grace. He gives that to everybody. Say yes to that. Uh, the, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, they're pricked to the heart and they to the heart, and they ask Peter, What shall we do to be saved? And Peter says, Repent. Be baptized. And I want to tell you, baptism is no good without repentance. Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God didn't say might, he promised will. Maybe you need to come and pray this morning to get on this altar, give your heart to Christ. There'll be some people, if you need counsel, they'll just come down here and they'll stand. Maybe you are a Christian. You say, you know what? I have the Holy Spirit of God, but man, I've just been, I've been walking in disobedience and listening to the flesh. And you know what? The Holy Spirit will just kind of, he'll leave you that last command until you return to the last thing he told you to do. And he may be here this morning telling you, you need to get your life right. It's time for you to get serious about a relationship with me. Until you obey that, the rest of it, the peace, the joy, all the things we talked about, it's on hold. So maybe you just want to come this morning, repent of legalism and religion and flesh, the, just walking in the flesh and get back in that relationship with Christ. I want to pray for you and then the altar will be open and then I'll end the service of prayer together but if you want to be a part of this prayer you come on down Heavenly Father God we thank you for this day we thank you Holy Spirit that you move and work and you're convicting right now draw people to Christ and we ask these things in Jesus name Amen let's stand together the altar's open come on down let's pray